You're listening to Good As Hell. I'm your host, John Rutherford. And I'm Rick Hampton. How you doing, pal? Very well, sir. Very well. I've, um, yeah, I know. Just uh, week 39. I mean, how long have we been in lockdown for now? I've got no idea. Indeterminate amount of time. Someone asked me when something happened. It's good, good, good uh, filling the blanks for the listeners. Someone asked me when something happened. And genuinely, in my mind, I couldn't work out if it was last week three weeks ago, three months ago. There's nothing that you can no. judge time on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. We're just, and I'm the, only, I'm the only person who's ever felt that, and uh, these are some insights. <laughs> like back in, the day, back in the day when you were on summer holidays, and yeah. you just had no idea what fucking day it was. That's yeah. basically where we're at. And the same thing happens. You get a mini version of this over Christmas, don't you? No, Christmas, I'm good at what? Christmas. Yeah, really? yeah, because you know, because you've got the dates. You got twenty fifth. You got. Yeah, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day of the week it is. I know what the date is. Usually, roughly. Oh yeah, you don't. Yeah, no idea what day of the week it is. We exactly. need to know what this the day of week it is now. Exactly. This is. I need to know if I should have been at work today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which might segue quite nicely onto our one user question for this. Uh... User question, yeah. So we're doing UAT testing of uh, Good as Hell now, and this is uh, this is a user um, query that's been provided to us. Should we call? We can't name the person. I'm assuming. Um, uh, we could do. Your <laughs> don't, do don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, we won't. Sebastian no, we won't. B. I'm, uh, no, that's too obvious. Yeah. S Boyd. Yeah. No, we won't do that. No, we won't do that. So, um, an avid fan of the show. Yeah, and I'm not even I'm not even being sarcastic. Like, he might he might be our only genuine fan. So he he's he. Oh God, this is going to make it really obvious. So he fairly recently uh, relocated for a new job. <laughs> I think I could guess who it is now. Do I know? Uh, you don't, but anyone else will know. There's you know. Uh, anyway, so he fairly recently relocated for a new job, and. Um, uh, and he he described the podcast as being a beacon of hope uh, in, that, hell, in, that, in that otherwise quite you know isolating time. Like you move move somewhere fairly remote. Yeah, so. you don't know anyone. You're locked down, so you can't go and exactly, meet. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, remote place and lockdown, yeah. and he's got our two uh, dulcet uh, voices to, uh, to to listen to. Um, so he's actually he's actually you know a genuine. He's having a fucking hard time. He's a, he's a genuine fan. And yeah. don't hold that against him, John. All right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't hold uh, it against him. Yeah. Let me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he would. He's a fan. This is what I'm saying. Um, so, this is how uh, me too start. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so he uh, is a new dad. Just to mm-hmm. make it even more non-specific, and he, he his question was uh, long and uh, and very interesting. But I think if, if I try and surmise it for you, mm-hmm. essentially what he's saying was in any relationship with a new a, a new addition so um you, you'll have usually you'll have a primary breadwinner and a mm. primary caregiver to to, mm. to to use two um terms um he, he was saying how how can you um uh, i think what his concern is is what, what what's going on is he's getting up and he's doing the very early shift and then he's going off to work and then he comes back from work and he does the evening shift mm-hmm. with the with the kid 
and you know a, a situation that probably a lot of um, uh, new parents find themselves in is where that the one person who stayed at home all day is literally crawling up the walls by the time you get home so it's desperate mm. to hand over the child right and to just have some fucking time out um which is totally completely reasonable now um this this uh, this chap's kind of concern is that like you know he's the he, he's the the more kind of like calm um uh, person in the relationship um uh the other one's more highly strung he's he's sort of saying if the shoe was on the other foot would you know would he be so desperate to just offload child at end of day um uh, and 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 also like he doesn't feel like he's getting the same like it's very much he comes home and he gets the and he gets the oh it's been a really tough day this has been hard the kid's been like this doing this it's been really difficult take the child I need some time out uh, and he, what he's saying is he doesn't get any like there's never any like oh have how's your day been you know he might have had a really fucking shit day at work um, mm-hmm. so so he's kind of like without without uh, uh, without living that other person's experience of that of 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 what they do on the day to day how can you kind of um i don't know how can you know if you're being unreasonable um are you uh, you know that that sort of thing and he's genuinely looking for some guidance for us to to know how we dealt with <laughs> mate i'm on my third marriage and it's to the same woman all right <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, don't, I mean, no, actually, do you know what? I always say you don't need to be a helicopter pilot to know that the helicopter's crashing or plane pilot, actually, you know. Um, like, uh, so just because, you know, I'm a shit husband uh, doesn't mean that I haven't got some pearls of wisdom um, that go, I baby. cannot enact in my real life. Here we go. Um, Hit us. But, uh, the first thing to remember about um, every human relationship, do you know what the film Rashomon is? Japanese film, Kira Kurosawa. So it's the, for those who don't know, it's, this, it's a story of a, uh, of a rape um, in feudal Japan. Um, and it's told through all of the individual characters' points of view. Is it a rape or is it... No, it's a rape. I'm sure it's a rape. Um, and, um, and basically you see that from each individual character's point of view, the story is sometimes wildly different, sometimes only slightly different. Um, and it's the same in, in relationships, which is like your personal lived experience. I mean, it's the the most frustrating thing about being a human is you're aware of your own consciousness, but you have no idea what's in the other person's head. And that's even more frustrating in a relationship because this is the person that you've chosen notionally mm-hmm. to spend the rest of your life with. And you haven't got a fucking clue what they're thinking. Kids is different. You don't have to worry about it. You love them unconditionally. But somebody um, that you're having kids with or getting married to moving in with or you know just going out with at the weekends um you have no clue what's going on in their brain um the, the only way we can get a sense of, of what people are thinking is by asking them fucking questions and like talking to them um and then sort of filtering that through our understanding of them and our understanding of ourselves and then usually you'll get like i don't know like 60 percent uh understand and if it's 60 percent, that's pretty good you're doing pretty well you know mm. let's not shoot for the yeah. moon yeah so asking asking your partner or telling your partner about your needs or asking her what her needs are or their needs his needs um i'm assuming it's a standard male female relationship yeah after last week's fucking um pronouns fiasco yeah yeah we're just gonna keep it easy this week guys um 
So yeah, so like talking. I mean, but the other thing to remember is that you're in a like if you're in a relationship. I remember my stepdad saying to me years ago um, that you um, you call your wife or you call your husband your partner because that's literally what you are your partners like you're in it together like you're up to your neck in it together and there is nothing more terrifying than well than the experience of having kids with you know with another person and trying to especially i'm assuming this is his first kid yeah correct yeah yeah the first kid you have is fucking white knuckle right chaos yeah yeah there's, there's no, you've got no clue what the correct course of action is, and, and at best, at best, that kid is a guinea pig for the mm. second kid, mm. who you know, oh yeah, if they fall over, it's not going to kill him. Oh yeah, if they get into the cow pole, I don't have to call NHS direct because it's basically just sugar and water, mm. um, like things like that. And you know where the lines are, and you know where you can keep them. So yeah, that that how you know the kids like is pretty recent, right? So on top of that, you've got the fact that you're getting probably at best like five hours sleep. Yeah, night. fuck all sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck all sleep, I would have thought. It's just uh, I think it's, yeah, it's imp- and it's probably important for us to point out in case you haven't, um, this hasn't twigged already, is you're going through the most fucking common problem. <laughs> like yeah. this is like, this is absolutely bog standard. So it's nothing to worry about in that sense. And, and that doesn't, like, that's not to minimize the importance. No, 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 no. But it, but it is to say like, everyone's been through this who has a kid. It's like when you get on a plane and there's a kid who's having a nervous breakdown. I once flew to Nashville, sat next to, uh, across the aisle from a young woman and her baby and the baby just was not fucking having it um and luckily we were sat in the um, nice section of the plane so there wasn't too many people around and um, but she was really apologetic and i was like if anyone on this plane is going to be a dickhead like time to fuck off because it means that they haven't got kids because everybody on this plane that does have kids is just happy that it's not their kid that's having a nervous breakdown we've all been there and it's fucking shit and we all sympathize yeah so so everybody who's who's had a kid has been through this having a kid is a lot like a prison sentence and i don't mean that in that it's um uh a terrifying experience every time you go in the shower but what i mean is that as soon as you're out of it as soon as you've gone through like the initial 12 months of like them being a baby or the first five years or the first 18 years. I got 12 year old. Yeah. And like, every time I look back, it was the easiest thing in the world. And in the moment, like I'm lucky I'm still alive. I'm lucky that my heart hasn't exploded in such a way that it's taken out a four square block radius. That basically that I didn't have a heart attack big enough that it was the end of predator. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Like you don't, um, you can never fully understand if you're not doing it on the regular, if you don't regularly look after your newborn um, for long periods of time, then it is almost impossible to understand. Right. So, so let's say you've got this kind of divide of the breadwinner and the, and the caregiver. Like if you're not on Saturday and Sunday fully taking as much of of the brunt as, as the, as the caregiver did on on Monday to Friday, then you probably won't ever understand how it feels to, to be with the the child on your own all day long. Um, And it is, it is fucking, it is hard and it is exhausting. 
Um, and it's not to say that work isn't exhausting either. It's just a different type of exhaustion. And we've got, it's you know, so we... there's fucking kettles on immediately. Uh-oh. Oh, for God's sake. Just honestly, right, I'll tell you what. Um, we're trying to do something listener. serious here. Unnamed listener, yeah. We're trying to give someone fucking relationship, not relationship, parenting advice, Charlie. And you've come downstairs and turned the... I'll tell you what, mate. You think you've got it bad. I'll swap. <laughs> Sight unseen, I'll swap your missus for mine and we'll see who's really got it bad, all right? No funny business, not interested. I'm 37 years old now, couldn't even raise a smile. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, and you can, and you can um, try and record a podcast while Charlie juggles fucking chainsaws next to the microphone because she fancies a cup of tea. Uh, like but we've got, so the situation we've got at the moment is is even more interesting because of lockdown. So, um so i i you know we've got we're we monday and tuesday lena doesn't work so so she's mm. looking after lincoln and then wednesday thursday friday is just a fucking free-for-all of mm. trying to make sure he's not killing himself whilst attempting mm. to get some work done um and he's not in nursery at the moment so that's you know it's just like complete chaos and on top of that lena's you know doubly exhausted because she's at the duff so, uh, so yeah, we've got, uh, you know, it's, um, these things are sent to test, but, but they never last forever. So, yeah, I think like, I, we're going through it. We're going through a similar situation in our house. I've got a six, I've got a five year old, she's nearly six, I've got a 12 year old and the, um, and Charlie pretty much from June, her business, which will remain unnamed, I'll probably cut this bit out actually, were cunts and when you've got to be back in the fucking office. Like, we don't care. Like, we don't care if there's a pandemic, you've got to be in the office. Yeah, I know. So I'm working from home. So there's been times where Charlie walks in and I'm like, jealous that she got to yeah. leave the house that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when it was the other way around, which was I could work from home pretty much whenever I wanted, I'm sure Charlie would, and like there wasn't a pandemic. Mm. Charlie was, oh, actually, in this exact situation, Charlie would kill me and steal my face so that she got to stay at home with the kids. Mm. Like the, the, the thing you're doing is always the worst thing. And the thing the other person, like, honestly, the, the best way to a happy marriage, both get roughly the same amount of sleep. Mm. Like when sleep is tough, if you're both sleeping exactly the same, the number of arguments the well we were lucky because the kids went uh, through the night really quickly but the number of arguments in like the first six weeks with the kids not sleeping through the night where we would be sniping each other the real argument that we weren't having was you got seven and a half hours sleep last night i got four and a half and vice versa yeah, yeah. um and it yeah it's, it's a fucking nightmare so so my advice would be talk to your partner tell her what you're feeling ask her how she's feeling have a, probably have a cry because you probably need to cry and you know it's fucking harrowing like make sure she's all right like the other thing as well is just early stages of i don't know how old this kid is but if it's in the first few months like she could be going fucking mental with um hormones and... to birth as the yeah i refer to um isabel's birth this weekend is uh, she came out like she was on a slip and side and charlie <laughs> <laughs> and charlie charlie is not happy about that. And she's brought that up <laughs> three times. So oh, I don't know. It's probably going to be in the Charlie. Get on, Mike. Come on, Charlie. Come on the mic and tell tell them stories yeah, about um, awful things that I've done as a parent. Yeah, this is a perfect time for it. She, she said, "Leave it with me." She's gonna she's gonna email some in, and I'm gonna read them out. 
she brought up the time um, when um, I smashed Theo's head as a like a eighteen month kid. He was sat on my shoulders. I was walking down the road, and some kids got in the way, hmm. and um, I smashed his head into a um, bus stop sign. And I don't worry. I'm not going to bring up your escapades. And uh, and I got very very angry um, at the kids and at Charlie. But really, the person I was most angry at was Theo for sitting on my shoulder. It was, was myself. <laughs> yeah. And cool. uh, yeah, it's, it's shit. Like life's shit. Like having kids is the best thing in the world. And it's fucking disgusting and harrowing, and you have to deal with it on a day to day basis until you're eight until they're eighteen, mm. and it turns out you probably have to deal with it until they're thirty five. So you know. Yeah. I mean, you're the fucking yeah. idiot, Adam, mate. You should have got vasectomy at 18. at 18 yeah jobs are good yeah um i'd say I, i'd i'd say this much like it, the fight, <laughs> whoever whoever is the primary caregiver and this is nothing um I, I say that specifically because this is nothing to do with um with gender but whoever is the the, the primary caregiver right is is emo- probably emotionally and physically uh, going through more on a day to day than oh, yeah, for sure. the person who is going to the office, right? So the person who is going to the office, um, it is even if you are a hundred percent correct, it is a fight you are never going to fucking win from a moral standpoint. So unfortunately, not unfortunately, actually, just you got to suck it up a bit. That's, that's if, kind of that's kind of it, if, you know. If things go really wrong in the office one day and you throttle one of your co-workers and you have to go to prison for the next 10 years yeah that's better than if you were sat at home and you did it there so you know (laughs) so yeah so that's uh, it it, it sounds in your office and it's fine really like in the grand scheme of things like who cares you know just i don't care i'm a child yeah um yeah yeah, it's one of them things i think you 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 got a you gotta take take the hit in the in the short term. Things get better. That's yeah. kind of it, really, isn't it? Just 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 have a conversation. See if you can work it out. Um, there was a um, Oliver Sacks is a um, famous um, doctor, and I think he's a psychologist as well, or something. But I remember I always think of a quote of his when I'm talking to people, especially people who are in relationships that have kind of had the good period and now they're in the dip period. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the person's like, "What the fucking hell am I doing?" And I always remember there's a quote from Oliver Sacks, which is uh, paraphrasing, but it's effectively: "If you go to bed three nights a week thinking, what the fucking hell am I doing in this relationship?' You're fine. That's normal. If you go to the bed every night thinking, I want to kill myself and then her in that order, then there's probably a problem. But if it's just like, what the fucking hell am I? Yeah, everyone experiences that. It's completely normal. The thing that the worst thing you can do is when you have a problem is eat it. Like we're taught from a young age to eat our shit. Like stuff's bad, keep it quiet. Got a problem, don't say anything. I'm not talking about fucking like mental health stuff and toxic masculinity and stuff like that now. I'm talking about she left the milk out and that's pissed me off. Mm. Fucking say something. Like say, mm. don't be, mm. I'm not saying like blow up or I'm definitely not saying honey. Right. We need to have a feeling circle about the milk situation. I'm mm. saying don't leave the fucking milk out. Like say what your problem is. Like that's what people what people don't do. Um and it uh it will make your life worse in the short term, but better in the long term. <laughs> yeah.
There we instantly go. worse. Instantly. There we go. That stock yeah. and it is through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot your relationship in the short term, but you know, it's a long term play. You know, and that's what I'm always thinking about now. What's the long term play? Charlie said to me today, every time I do something, you jump up because you feel guilty that I'm not that you're not helping out. Who said that? She went, Charlie said to me, because I oh. do it because I sit on the fucking sofa, like either staring at my phone or just completely spaced out in my own brain. Yeah. And she goes, and she'll start like folding up washing or putting something away and I'll jump up in a panic and then start like doing the thing that she's doing. Basically <laughs> she went, when you have that feeling, go and find someone else in the house that needs doing. And yeah. so what yeah, I've yeah. got now is a mental list of things that need doing that I've walked past and gone, I don't want to do that. And then as soon as <laughs> I feel that feeling, I jump up and run away and go and pick up the Lego from the living room floor. Cause there's, Isabel's trying to recreate fucking the scene in Home Alone when he stands on the um, on the Christmas ornaments, mm. um, but with Lego, which is obviously more painful. I think, than um, yeah, it's a war crime actually. Um, yeah. The uh, American government used Lego um, during the Vietnam War, um, and then when, they, they, when they ran out of napalm, yeah, they just dropped yeah. Lego. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hope we, I hope we, I hope we've helped you out. I feel. Oh God. Uh, I think, you know, interestingly, he did say that, like, hearing you talk about other stuff, he, he found quite enlightening and interesting. And, um, uh, you know, he didn't go as far as saying it was shaping his opinions. But uh, I think he actually um, <laughs> you know, appreciated some well, of the stuff. Well, hold on to your hat, my friend, because um, I'm about to plan a terrorist action live on the air. <laughs> okay, Here we go. Have we got enough followers yet to make that happen? Have we got enough followers yet to make that happen, do you think? Well, there's only 1,500 people in the IRA, as I said last week. So, you know. We're a third of the way to the IRA. Is this what you're saying? We're a third third of the way to the IRYMCA. So um, I'm pissed off that Potter's not on this week because he said um, uh, somebody on Twitter um, was saying that it costs £251.80 to get um, the train from where they were um, to London Euston. Um, sure. But the entire train ride was a rail replacement bus service. <laughs> and uh, Potter said, every time I prepare myself to comment on the state of American healthcare, I remember it costs £400 million to get anywhere in this country. Yeah. And Potter's right, yeah? So I've been thinking about this for years. years so you've got to go with this for me. If sure. you regularly okay. get the train, I used to get the train. Um, well, I still do get the train. Well, obviously I haven't um, in lockdown, but I used to get the train every day into work. And I live in London and I live two stops from the first point that pe- anybody would get off the train. So when I get on the train, there are some days where um, I physically have to fight my way onto a train by being a dickhead to be able to get on the train. And, and there's some days where I just don't, bother and don't get on at all um i've got in multiple um arguments with people yeah um, sure. about um getting on the train being like these my, this is my this is my thought process i get on the train think um these fucking dickheads need to move in obviously don't say anything we go one stop and then someone verbalizes that exact thought to me oh. and i I've, I've like i tell them then i say you're not getting on this fucking train mate you can wait there and <laughs> He went this this uh, this like, really, like as someone who was approaching middle age. Uh, God knows how old this guy was, but in my mind, he's middle age, so he's probably sure. like 50, 50 so. 
Um, and he goes to me, um, you need to move down. I can't get on the train. And I'm like, where the fucking hell do you want me to move to? Do you want me to stand inside that person? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was yeah. like, "We well, need to move down. I need to get on this train." And I went, "Who made you the fucking train police, dickhead?" And, uh, <laughs> and then he was, I was like, "Even if there's space, you're not getting on this train, mate. You can wait for the next one." Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing in front of a massive space. I'm not moving on, mate. Yeah, I've, 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 well, actually, once um, when Theo was probably a toddler, so he's probably like two or three some guy with a backpack barged past me to get on the Victoria line. So, you know, backpacks have got the little hook on the top of the bag. Yeah, yeah. I grabbed it with my finger and just pulled him off the train, Amazing. got Theo on, and then he kept trying to get on, and I just pushed him in the face until the train doors closed, and Amazing. I waved goodbye to him. <laughs> I've, got, I've got, I Googled um, anger management um, classes <laughs> um, recently and then did nothing about it, but I was yeah, like, of course, yeah. to do that. Anyway. So here's I, my yeah. plan. Yeah, go on. Then. It's not the it's not the commuters issue. Yeah, the commuters right. are just doing what I'm trying to do, just trying to get to work. Solidarity with the working man, and that's what I forget well, in the apart, moment. Yeah, exactly. Life. Yeah, I was going to say, apart from the guy. It's not. I'm the I'm the arsehole in the situation yeah. where I refuse to move. I I recognise that. Not in the second one where I pulled the guy off. He shouldn't have barged past me. And he learned a valuable lesson about manners. John, John, John. Stories about you pulling guys off. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, so solidarity is in my mind when I think about this. And what we need to do, I've, I've worked out a couple of them. I don't know the Northern ones, but I reckon if you look at the main train stations, you've got Waterloo, Victoria, um, Paddington. you've got Paddington, you've got Euston, you've got um, Kings Cross, yeah? Um, and you've got London Bridge, yeah? Fine. Take those as the, as the main routes of entry into London. I mean, obviously, you could say, like, you've got your Moorgate, uh, you've got your Cannon Street, you've got your yeah, Blackfriars, yeah, yeah, you could yeah. add those in as well if you wanted. Yeah. Liverpool Street, yeah. Here's, here's my plan. Oh, actually, let's add in, fuck it, let's add in Blackfriars as well. What I need to do is I need to set up a terrorist cell in each one of those train stations. Now, hold fire. No one dies, except for the people that are involved who would probably be beaten to death by angry commuters, but you would die a martyr's death. And... While I'm not a Muslim and I don't uh, necessarily agree with the um, 72 virgins thing, I, this is a John Rutherford guarantee. You die doing this, yeah? St. Peter's going to let you in. He's going to get you a decent house <laughs> in heaven. He's going to introduce you to all the right people. End of the year, you're being beatified. You're a saint now. You're St. Richard Hampton of Bristol. I'm not interested, mate. You lost me. You lost. You lost me at terrorist cell, and then you, got, <laughs> and then and then you lost me again at no one needs to die. Uh, <laughs> right. So this is my plan. Yeah. So every um, one of those main lines has a choke point. Yeah. Has a bit where, like, so for example, at Paddington, it's um, it's not stains. It's um, where's the office? Fucking what's that? Begins with an S. Slough. Slough. Slough is point yeah so yeah. if anyone kills themselves in slough it's a fucking nightmare for everybody to um get home from paddington or to paddington yeah uh, mm-hmm. another one in, on uh at waterloo into waterloo is sutton so yeah all the trains end up going through sutton yeah so what you do yeah is you get your group together they all get on the same train at the same time yeah they get when they get to the choke point yeah they get up, they stand by the doors, and one at a time, they refuse to let the doors close, yeah? So as they're getting fucking torn off 
the um, train by fucking the station guards, yeah? Person two stands up and then they go to the door and you just keep the train doors there and keep them blocked, yeah? For as long as you can. And I reckon if you can do it for about an hour, you're going to fuck up the train network and you do it all at the, all at the spots, all on the same day, right. yeah? Great. You do it for about yep. an hour. Gotcha. That fucks up the train line gotcha. so much for the day. Right. Yeah? What? Then people talk, what fucking happened? You're on Twitter. Your manifesto goes out, yeah? Nice. The manifesto I'm going to work around, and I, and it's going to basically explain that if train operators don't lower costs, increase services, we're going to do this every day, yeah? And you get people on your side. You go, look, you're going to, have, you're going to experience a nightmare for the next week or the next month or the next six months of getting into work. No one's going to blame you. Maybe you want to join us. Maybe you want to be one of the people, yeah? And you get them all to start joining in, stop it. If enough of us on the train went, this train's not moving until they sort things out, I'm not paying fucking five grand a year season ticket to get into London so I can stand. Um, then they'd have to sort it out. Now, when I say people probably will die, some of the commuters are going to be like me. They're not going to experience solidarity in the moment and they will beat you to death. And they're going to kill people. Yeah, mar- yeah, yeah. They're going to they're kill the people holding yeah. the door. It's a martyr's uh-huh. death. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this. I, like, I think this has got legs. Um, uh, what interestingly, when you when you look at uh, the, the kind of uh, train network in other countries, uh, always seem to be better than ours. Um, presumably, they didn't have to go through that level of chaos in order to get good. Well, it's because they're they're state run. So effectively, like if you go to Switzerland, if you get off a train and there is a connecting train that people from that train will get on. Mm. They've organized it so that every train matches up. The trains will get on time. Our trains are shit. Their trains will, because it's fucking old stock, because it doesn't um, cost them anything to keep old stock running. But obviously, they'd have to invest fucking tons of money getting new stock running. Mm-hmm. And then the government won't even sign off on fucking new stocks. So you can't even go and buy like modern trains. Also, our train lines are built on the fucking old mining car um, railway lines. So they're the too narrow, fit the to narrow gauge railway, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You can't do anything uh, decent with it. You can't have double deckers or anything like that. Um, and they're all—it's all Victorian infrastructure. So there's no um, onus to. There's no want to repair it because well, to repair it to like modernise it. Mm. I mean, every um, few years they say they're going to electrify Welsh Rail, and then they just don't fucking bother. And mm. Wales has got honestly, if you want to go from North to South Wales, like. Have fun, guys. Google a fucking train map of Wales and see how many different stations you've got to go to to do like a twenty-minute journey in a car. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, uh, well, someone, I, yeah. someone, I've, uh, someone posted about this uh, on uh, Facebook, so I'm going to read this out and get your reaction live on it. Um, uh, so he was moaning about the Tory government generally, which is great. We're into that. Um, uh, this Tory government, from top to bottom, is everything I feared it would be. And more example, they bailed out TfL. Good, right? Except they only did it on the condition that TfL raises fares, takes on more debt, increases congestion charge, uh, and eliminates free travel for children. Do you know why TfL um, has? Is that to... true? Is that stand? Yeah, that's true. That? That's what they, that's what they've done. They so the, mm. obviously the coronavirus thing is because it's one of the few um, metro. Um, transport um systems in the world i think um i think madrid is another one um anyway the effectively uh, has to pay for itself 
um, through fare as opposed to um, is paid for via taxes. Yes, yeah, And the reason yeah. is is because uh, which which if times are good is great, um, but during bad times, it, like now, is the unforeseen circumstances is dog shit. By the way, all of the other um, uh, countries or cities that have the same um, revenue model completely fucked as well. But we were all fucked before um, coronavirus. No one, I don't think anyone really thinks about like the cost of, not in terms of like the financial cost or even really the productivity cost, but just the human cost of people having to go to work every day in shit cramped trains. Mm. Like if you get the train from Reading to London, um, like unless you're paying like ridiculous, whatever it is, like 10 grand a year for first class, you're never getting a seat there or back. Yeah, sure, it's only 35 minutes. But it's 35 minutes of hell. And that's like yeah. before like constant delays yeah. or cancelled trains and things like that. Um and and no one no one really considers like Bristol what that to London's all right. So, you know. Yeah, I mean Bristol to London's fine, except for it takes two hours. Or an hour and thirty-five minutes or whatever it takes. Yeah, it's it's getting anywhere else and they're electrifying. Take, also, how, hold on, how, how long's it how long does it take from you know the outskirts of London to get into town? So it takes me door to door from I live in zone two, um, and it takes me door to door um about forty minutes to get into my office from my house. So um and that, so an hour and a half from Bristol is not that bad. No, I mean it's ridiculous. Like you could you could um well, actually, no, you couldn't. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't drive or walk or get a bus or anything. That's like, I get a train and a tube, and it takes forty minutes. Mm. Like, and there's like, yeah, there's like ten minutes of walking either side. Mm. It's shit. I don't know. Fuck it. Anyway, so that's my plan. So if anybody wants to um, get involved in um, the um, people's caliphate of um, opening train doors, um, keeping train doors open while they're closing. You know, I'm fine with that. Then drop, um, drop us an email. We'll add you to the list. The beard. Um, is, have, you, have you unlocked? The, have you unlocked the email address? Uh, no, I've got. I've unlocked the email address. I haven't unlocked the Twitter. Why not? Because I don't. Who gives a shit? Um, oh, you just said you were chatting with Nick on Twitter. Yeah, I've got. Uh, yeah, on my Twitter. Oh, not on it. No one cares tell. about your Twitter. Okay, fine. Sake. For, Follow me on um, at JWR underscore IV. What does that stand for? Uh, John William Rutherford the fourth, um, which is my full name. My social security number is JN21. Funnily <laughs> <laughs> enough, that is the start of, of your national insurance. Yeah, number, that, is, that is 100% <laughs> the start of mine. So, did you see the thing about the A level results? No. Well, yeah, it's okay. obviously that's all the thing about the A-level results, but you're going to have to be more specific. Because uh, of coronavirus, um, um, obviously A-level students and GCSE students this year haven't been able to take their exams. Um, and so what the government asked people to do, asked the teachers to do, sorry, was to take the AS results, any mock results that they had, um, uh, any coursework that they'd done, uh, and then teacher assessment and produce a grade based on that. Completely fair. Um, completely fair, yeah. I mean, it's a shit situation, but it's completely fair. Yeah. And what they then did was they ran it through a um, algorithm which um, reduced forty percent of the um, of the results um, by at least one grade. Mm. Uh, in some cases, two grades. Um, and the algorithm was based on previous year's data. So it said, you yeah. go to this school, 
Um, it used it used the system of rounding up, which is the age system. I'm sure there's a technical term, but this is how I always think about it when I hear it. Which is the age system, which is um, you're 15 until you're 16. So if you've got 4.9 A grades in a class um, on average over the last three years, um, it and it doesn't give you 4.9 A grades. It obviously gives you four. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely doesn't give you five. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing, um, all of the um, private schools saw an increase in their um, A grades. Um, schools like Eton didn't have a, a single uh, grade reduction uh, in, their tire, in their entire A-level um, group. If you were in a school size, which was a class size, sorry, which was under 15, you were judged to smaller sample size, sample size. Um, so you couldn't, uh, so they didn't, there wasn't any um, algorithmic jiggery pokery. Um, and um, basically what it's done is it's fucked. Um, it's, it's fucked a lot of kids who go to, uh, who live in low income areas and go to just even normally performing schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fucked the outliers. So, like, uh, I don't know who would have been from our year, um, but like the super smart kids, like the ones that get their fucking twelve A stars at GCSE and get well, they do A stars at A level now, and we've got four, five A stars at A level and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So, there's a lot of kids that would be like the first at Cam- Cambridge, for example, um, have been binning off um, a lot of um, people from that kind of bracket. Um, and saying and withdrawing their methods. Um, somebody I follow on Twitter, um, a guy called Nate, who's an American who lives in England, um, and he does a, a good podcast called Trash Future. If you want to listen to like a um, Chapo uh, podcast about British um, politics, uh, good guy. And he said, um, he said uh, we made a conditional offer based on your teacher's assessment and on our own interviews conducted in person. Sadly, after we ran the results through the Jimmy Savile Memorial Povo Zout machine, it determined <laughs> that you did not go to an expensive enough school. Whoopsie d. <laughs> And that's basically this country. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it is a bizarre thing. And they, I, I saw a couple of interviews with uh, head teachers who had taken on um, uh, tough schools, schools that were in mm-hmm. a pickle, and they'd made real headway. So they'd they'd made obvious improvements across the mm-hmm. school from the previous year. So to so to use a model which is based on the same statistics as the previous year is fucking ridiculous because they they spend a year working their ass off to make the school better and to get the kids better grades. So it and and it also and it also just take it, it assumes it assumes that every year group's the same or the previous three year groups is the same as the one that's coming out and I think that's an unfair mm-hmm. assumption. Well, the, 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 I mean, A, algorithms are fucking bullshit. Um, anyone who's ever used YouTube um, and then looked at one Joe Rogan uh, video on YouTube and immediately been um, bombarded with um, fucking Britain first propaganda will yeah. tell you. Um, algorithms are bullshit. But one of the standard things that you use to test an algorithm is you have it look at the previous data set and model from that because the previous data set so, so for example let's look at how we're going to test an algorithm to see if it's good at um, predicting people's grades well we have a whole range of grade um, information that we use plug those people into the algorithm we'll see if it predicts 
it didn't predict previous years' grades. In fact, it had the same error issues, the same kind of, it suggested a similar level of um, grade um, downgrading yeah. as it did this year. So it reduced, it reduced like 40% of the grades on, on, people, on people who had already had their grades and they weren't 40% reduced. But the, uh, and, I, and I, I, I think that, I, I think the, uh, the really interesting thing about it is you, you had a perfectly fair fucking system like you, like you, you, te- you were taking teachers, qualified teachers who take their profession seriously, who have got access to fucking mock exams, coursework, and their own judgment, and they and they make a fucking judgment call based on their experience and the information available to them. That's it. Why introduce another step? Gavin Williamson, who is the um, Secretary for Education um, in um, our current government of um, being allowed to say that you're English again, um, said um, <laughs> said uh, said um, that what he didn't want to happen was for people to be and and genuinely he's, this is this is uh, was paraphrased quite but this is pretty much exactly what he said um, and. I'm assuming that um, once you've been inbred enough amongst um, various Habsburg groups um, across um, the British aristocracy, um, irony just is a part of your brain that withers and dies like um, an appendix. Um, He said, um, well, we don't want this to create a situation where people um, get grades that promote them beyond their abilities. Um, You're an idiot. He's an idiot. I mean... Uh, like, we've got a fucking prime minister who's only um, like, apart from going to the right schools, whose most uh, like long-held job um, is a fucking journalist, and he's making um, healthcare policy during a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, he's making fucking economic policy in a good time. Uh, you a, know? A, a role as a journalist that he's repeatedly been fired from. But they say uh, for lying. Uh, there's yeah. a um, there's a really good uh, Guardian cartoon about Michael Gove, which imagines a world where when, when David Cameron was prime minister, and it imagines a world where there's like a Independence Day style alien invasion, and Michael Gove goes over to him and goes, David. Um, please allow me to um, fly the uh, first plane in the attack uh, against the alien mothership. And and uh, David Cameron's like Michael, like. What experience do you have as a fighter pilot? It's like I'd have you know, um, I was a journalist at the Times for over eight years, and then it's just a picture of the plane, like just going like in figure eights in the sky <laughs> underneath, just back and forth. Um, and David Cameron sighs. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that they're not. Uh, there's nobody in uh, the current uh, Conservative leadership um, who I would allow to lead a scout troop, mainly because um, they're all secret paedophiles that would probably murder and eat the scout troop. Um, for that's a parody, um, and it's also a joke. And this was so allegedly. Um, as, but yeah, like they're scum and they deserve to die. Um, and yeah, if you know. Again, this is a parody, but if somebody um, wanted to work out the best firing position of a rocket-powered grenade, rocket-propelled grenade um, into um, Downing Street, there is a pub across the road, which is four stories high. Um, I think if you could get on the roof of that, it's a clear shot right into the front door of number 10. You just got to wait for him to come out. But that is also a joke, and it's something <laughs> that I've considered. <laughs> the, um, uh, John, you'd be remembered as a martyr. The... Um, <laughs> 
uh, the other interesting thing I find is, that is from a kind of base logic point of view, right? So you, um, if you mark everybody down, because you could, there is an argument which is probably valid, right? Which is that you, what happens is that everyone is essentially being marked against their peers on a year by year basis, right? Yeah. Because so what do you, what do you do with those exam results? You fucking use it to apply for university or higher education courses or whatever it is you're going to do with them, right? So, um, arguably, you, you know, you if if you're 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 being marked against your peer group. So if everybody's being treated treated the same, then that that there is an argument there that is probably fairly valid. But the point is that the universities have their have their uh, their kind of grade standards for their courses, right? So bringing people down means that the university has got to go, oh, God, look, yeah, we've only had a quarter of the number of suitable applicants. Therefore, we've got to open it up to a load of people. And there is a massive fucking headache there, a massive kind of intensive administrative process where the university's got to first be willing to kind of reduce its grade standards and all that kind of stuff. Or you could just not reduce forty percent of the fucking people's grades and 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 assume that the fucking teachers who know the kids and have been around them for a long time understand roughly what they're going to get. Let them get that, and guess what? If you don't adjust any of them, then again they're all being marked on the same fucking spectrum, and then there's no argument when they come to applying to university courses. I mean, far be it from me to. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. But I think the thing that you're um, forgetting is that um, we have a conservative government that um, view anybody that hasn't gone to a private school as someone else's kid and fuck them. Who cares? They're not. They're not their constituency. Even if they are their constituency, they're not their constituency. They know who their constituency are, um, and constantly scream about a meritocracy while um overseeing um ridiculous amounts of nepotism yeah fucking nepotism cunt what, but what is it when it's nepotism just favoritism towards their own people like if you go if we if we lived in um syria before um the civil war we'd go we've got a ruling elite that is a small group that has been given this power by um, basically by like foreign money um, because they're uh, they have also like the support that they're given by say for example like the British government but realistically by by British industry in, in the, the form of um, weapons and loans from uh, financial services groups and things like that um, is uh, they're betrothed to that group. They have to do whatever that group wants them to do, yeah? Um, and they hold down, like, the majority group um, because they know that if they allow them to get too far out of line, um, they'll just be, like, kicked out of power um, at best or at worst. Um, them and their kids would be taken into a field and shot through the back of their head. We have exactly the same situation in Britain, which is um, we have a small elite that controls, and I'm not talking about fucking conspiracy theories, it's lizards, it's the Illuminati, it's not, it's like the owners of um, businesses and their fucking little Jabba's little mate um, people in um, positions yeah. of political power. And, it's and not they're there you entirely even... to hold you down. Like if you, if you realise like you're, even if you're doing well in the grand scheme of things, like you're earning, say you're earning like six figures, yeah? And things are going really well. 
you're nothing. You're nothing compared to them. Like they and they and they will see you die before they ever allow you to um, have a say in what's going to happen. Yeah, I think, um, and, and it's the same to, to go back to the prime ministers who've come from fucking Eton or whatever the ridiculous. Yeah. Is is like is is testament to that. It doesn't. It's not. That's not a conspiracy theory. That doesn't need arguing. I don't think. Does it? No. It's it's just a fact. But what but but what I mean is that. Um, so so in terms of to go back to the, the conversation at hand, like the A level results thing, um, it's not that they don't uh, that they're you know working really fucking hard um, to ensure that um, little Jimmy from a South London comprehensive doesn't get to go to Oxford. It's that they don't want anyone who isn't exactly like them mm. to be able to accrue any kind of um, power mm. um, because it's against their best interests. And mm. I don't think that they, I don't think that they, um, you know, go into a dark room and all get together and go, oh yeah, you know, we'll get make sure the next series of X factors are banger so people don't um, start collective action on a Saturday night. It's it's uh, that's the subconscious. You wouldn't be in the position. In the words of Noam Chomsky, you wouldn't be in that position if you thought any other way. But that's that's yeah. This it comes down to what we were talking about the other day, where like actually, uh, you know, the 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 kind of the system of democracy isn't a good one. Because, uh, well, you know, arguably isn't a good one. Because actually, uh, you know, like over a long enough period of time, the, the, it's the people who are voting that 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 end up with the benefit, even if they're not voting um, as a result of their own self interest. Um, they, you know, if if you have a thousand years of fucking democracy, then whoever is in the majority will have all the benefits of that system, and the minorities oh, won't. Yeah. And, and I don't. And, I don't... When you look at the when you look at the politicians, uh, if you look at um, politicians, right, then then the majority of politicians are from that world. So that system is struck. That that it, that entire system is built around how they vote and what they think is best. And it might not be subconsciously trying to put other people down, but it is. But it ends up being that way. It, everything is to their benefit. I we don't I, like we live in a democracy in name only. I think I think probably the best way to describe what we live in is a managed democracy, where you go through like a fucking cargo cult. You go through the um, action of pretending um, your vote matters every five, four or five years, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it doesn't um, because any t- any like opportunity for actual real radical change is immediately shut down by non-democratic institutions. So business, media, anybody whose interest would be um, directly harmed. Um, refuse effectively stacks the deck in such a way that it refuses to allow um an actual democratic uh, mandate to a system that doesn't um work for for the entrenched powers um that are already there mm. um so fuck them that's why everyone needs to go down to their train station um go to slough go to um sutton go to uh croydon um, you know, go to the ones that are up north. I don't know. Just do it fucking everywhere. Just in fact, every day. Get on the train, refuse to let the door close. Someone comes at you with a hammer. You disarm them. You then um, recreate the um, fight scene um, from the raid two, um, and you just do that over and over again um, oh, until eventually you're taken out by a sniper. Old oh boy, that's a good one with a hammer. That's a good one with a hammer. Old oh boy's great. Yeah. Or um, even Thor. 
<laughs> Don't ruin it. Uh, the uh, so here's another one uh, to 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 pick your brains on, John. Um, the uh, the hilarity of anti-vaxxers. I love uh, an anti-vaxxer. And uh, and the, uh, the so I've, there is one. There is an anti-vaxxer that I think you might know from back in the day. What that I went to university with earlier. You've got to oh. go right back into the archives. This is I'm talking Sandhurst. Um, the Weatherspoon Staff House. That's the kind of era I'm talking about. Rob Sturgeon. Well, Rob Sturgeon's an anti-vaxxer. But that's the that's the era. that's how far you've got to go back. So, like, 18 years old, probably. Oh, what um, what um, that girl that Rob used to go out with, who's now going out with another one of our mates. No. Okay. Um, Omar. I honestly can pick him out of a lineup. Anyway, is he an anti-vaxxer? He's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, we got to the point. Anyway, so he's been all over Facebook. Anyway, so he's anti-mask wearing. He doesn't think coronavirus exists. He, you know, he's one of these people. Anyway, so uh, so amongst the things, uh, so there, a, a back and forth kicked off because I shared a uh, I shared a post of um, uh, of Russell Howard doing a sketch about anti-vaxxers and how they were. He basically was said they're all idiots, uh, which you know is a sentiment that I agree with. Biting satire from Russell Howard. Um, uh, so, uh, so shared that, and then yeah, got a few back and forth. So one of my mates, uh, a chap called John, who's not an anti-vaxxer, but he was saying that uh, it, it concerns him how quickly that the, the, the discussion on the timescales for a coronavirus vaccine coming out, and he was like, "It can't be safe. I don't trust Boris. I'm not going to fucking take it." Right, that was his stance, and he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's good. He gets mm. back. So, um, and I thought that was quite interesting, but what I was trying to explain to him was, is that there's, um, you know, Oxford university. So, so every country has different, uh, rules and regulations about how vaccinations are tested and brought to market. Mm -hmm. And in the UK, right, essentially, uh, the, uh, fucking boffins at Oxford university have worked out a way of, of, of leapfrogging a lot of the long drawn out steps because what they're doing is they're starting with the, they, they, they did a shitload of uh, work on the SARS coronavirus vaccine mm -hmm. in 2002. So they've been working on that since 2002. Now as a baseline level of work and testing has gone on with that, yeah, they can then, they can use some of that in order to, to leapfrog some of the testing process for this new one. So they've managed to jump forward like fucking 10 years or whatever compared to everyone else in the world who's not able to do that or hasn't been able to do that. So, and, and they're saying that they think they've pretty much got a safe um, coronavirus vaccine. So they're just doing human testing trials now. Um, and uh, and it's literally going to be a world-leading vaccine. They're, they're, you know, we've, we've fucking done it first. We've absolutely smashed it out of the park and, and, and we're going to be the ones to kind of sell it around the world or whatever. So it's good. You know, from a good that's a good news, Great Britain news story, right? Uh, Great Britain. Great Britain. Anyway, so uh, John was kind of like, "Well, I can't, I can't be fucking safe though, can it?" And I was like, "Well, actually, you know, you need to go and kind of look at the work that they've doing at Oxford University." I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, questioning the um, safety. Um, no, there's, no, 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 there's nothing I, wrong. With I, it. Think I think it's a fair question. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it past um, a um, any government. Um, to um, desperately claw at some, you know, a half yeah. measure 
what's it called? Yeah. What he was saying, but... comes out in Dad, then, yeah, oof, you know, that's pretty fucking soon, you know, is, is, is it actually safe? Fine questions to ask. My point to him, because he was saying, would you trust the vaccine that's been backed by Boris? He was saying, like, if Boris says it's safe, are you going to fucking take it? And I was like, I'm not going to take it if Boris says it's safe. Right, I'm take gonna, it if the doctor says oh, it's safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be led by the fucking science, right? Which, which everyone should be on every single vaccine that's ever been fucking created. Okay, um, and and the, yeah, and then um, and then. But I'm not going to be the first one in the queue either. And then Mister. I'm going to give it a couple of weeks because I reckon they're going to use it as population control. So it's going to be like. Uh, oh. One in fifty is just anthrax. You just die. <laughs> and it, yeah, and then Mr. Anti-Vax jumped on, and he was like, and he shared a post saying that, um, you know, there was, uh, there's, there's like, um, in every, almost every kind of uh, Western uh, uh, country, civilized country, they, they, ha- there is a fund for um, paying out people who are injured by vaccines, right? Mm. And he was saying since 1973, there's been an exorbitant amount of money paid out on nine on 900 cases right to nine 900 cases in uh, millions of people right 900 cases in 40 years has been paid out for people who have been um negatively impacted and and uh, and it's got to be you know a positive link you know it's well researched well founded to 900 people in 40 fucking years right Every single year when polio was at its height in the UK, it was it was it was crippling uh, seven and a half thousand people a year, and it was killing seven hundred and fifty people a year mm. every year. Right, that's just polio. Let's not even talk about measles. Right, measles. We were fucking. We were we were literally measles free, international status. Measles was eradicated uh, for a period of three years. Guess what? It's back. Because of anti-vaxxers, yeah, of course. Fucking vaxxers, right? Because nine hundred people have been impacted, not even died, just been impacted. It's like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, you've got more chance of winning the fucking lottery. There's like millions of, uh, tens of millions of vaccines issued out every year, and over forty years, nine hundred people fucking averaging like what twenty odd a year or whatever. I just think you're a fucking lunatic if you think that not vaccinated. And the argument is sorry to rant on the argument that, that is oh it's about choice and a, and a non-vaccinated uh, child doesn't represent a risk to a vaccinated child well no not specifically in a one-on-one situation but guess what there are some people because of genuine allergic re- uh, uh, allergens can't take vaccines and there are well, some yeah, people- like, like, immune dis- issues and stuff like that and it is uh, and it's up to the rest of us morally to protect those fucking people by getting fucking vaccinated. Yeah. You can. He's going out to the white cliffs. I, mean, I always, uh, I've, had, I've had conversations with anti-vaxxers in the past. And the line of attack that I, uh, the ARG that I usually use, which they just stop talking to me um, pretty quickly um, when I do this. But if ever you're in a conversation with an anti-vaxxer, ask them what is specifically um, that they have a problem with. And usually it uh, boils down to, I don't trust um the uh and whatever authority so whether it's like you hear from like drug companies or medical boards or the government like you know depending on their level of research they'll go they'll go to a specific um answer if they're really into it or kind of a more like hazy um overarching um organization if they don't they're not really sure but basically it says they don't really trust them and i and what i always say is where do you buy your food from where do you get your water from 
and they go, oh, I'll go to Tesco's and then I get from the tap. And he goes, well, wait a minute, you trust a fucking water company. You trust a water company to provide you with clean drinking water. Yeah. Yeah. You trust Tesco's that they haven't got contaminated food. The fucking horse meat in their lasagnas three years ago. That was well, pretty long ago. Now. What the fucking hell are you talking about? As with everything in life, it's Tony Blair's fault um, because of the MMR um, autism um paper uh that that guy published <laughs> and then was refuted and sherry and tony blair refusing to um say whether they got their kid um vaccinated the baby that they had i think the line that uh cherry sherry blair used was um it was a personal decision even though in her autobiography she described the exact fuck that uh, conceived the kid um, she wouldn't say whether they got the kid uh, vaccinated or not I stole that exact um, verbiage from uh, Ben Goldacre but it's a good one so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it um, yeah it's uh, it's just yeah just like I understand not trusting giant organisations in things as important as your kids lives unfortunately you live in a fucking society so unless you've got like a fucking underground bunker with your own drinking well and you're growing your own food and fucking husbanding your own animals so you might as well just give them the vaccination because yeah the odds are that they're going to be fine even if you think those odds aren't true and they're lying and that your kid is going to be one of the you know one a year that um, explodes because they got a measles vaccination. There That's is just the odds. Polio in the UK, like that. Yeah, that's it all. If if polio was still about, would you get your kid vaccinated for polio? That's what I want to fucking know from the the anti vaxxers Like it, I feel, yeah. I feel like don't we still have polio vaccinations? Isn't that still one of the vaccines that we're given just to because it still exists in the environment? I still have it, but we are polio free. Like there is fucking cases of polio in the uk anyway so it's fucking uh absolute lunacy for me because i just think you generations on generations of having vaccines right since the 50s or whatever all right and everybody's and everybody's fucking got very comfortable and got very relaxed about the presence of such things as fucking measles rubella fucking uh polio and and it's almost like generationally we've just forgotten we've got complacent like we we can't remember uh, the likes of you and i can't remember a world before vaccines Hmm. and and that's fucking dangerous because measles is on the fucking rise again there are pockets all over the us there's pockets all over the uk we'll be all right we've all got our um vaccinations and our kids have all got their vaccinations Um, today and whether actually it's uh, you know it's a it's a fucking Darwinian uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the next step in Darwinian evolution is just people dying of easily treatable diseases. Yeah, yeah. fucking pie them off, get get them gone, fuck them. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm assuming that these anti-vaxxers of all their parents weren't necessarily anti-vaxxers. Maybe they, they, maybe are. they are. I think it's a I think it's a learned thing. I think it's passed down. Um, I, I don't the instinct is correct. It's just, as usual, being directed in the wrong direction. Which is, yeah, you shouldn't trust people, but at the end of the day, if okay. you if you believe that, you're fucked. Because so, like, you haven't got anything. So, just eat it. Yeah. Good. So we've we've put that all controversial point of view. Get your kids vaccinated. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, you wanted to cover off? Finish on a high. Have you got anything funny yeah. to talk about? Uh, I um I just want to give a big shout out to um, UFC World Heavyweight Champion of the World Stipe Miocic 
okay. Miocic um, officially uh, retained he retained his title against um, and in it wasn't just a um, a fight for who would be heavyweight title um, holder it wasn't just a fight um, for who would be um, the best heavyweight of all time. Um, last night he fought and beat Daniel Cormier for who was um, the best dad in the world. Um, Stipe Miocic, you are now my um, new father. Um, you're a good man. Um, Cormier, love you still. You can be an uncle. You know, still be a part of my life. Be a stepdad. Be an uncle. Um, you know, but you can get it from him. Yeah, but yeah, Stipe Miocic is a, officially the daddest man in the world. Um, I wanted to. What? I haven't watched it yet. Don't need you to. Watch the fight. Have I ruined it for you. Yeah, that's okay. It was. It was a shocker last night because you had the Sean O'Malley fight as well. Do you know Sugar Sean? Yeah, he must have won. No, he fucked his foot in the first round, and they um, uh, the referee stepped in early on a TKO, and, uh, and and that was another one where so with the DC um, Stepe fight, oh, I was God. happy with whoever won. I love both of them, yeah. and the same with the um, Sean O'Malley um, Chito Vieira, Vieira uh, fight. Um, Vera is a um, like a really good um, bantamweight. He's on a six-fight win streak now. Um, and all of his money that he makes, um, he's got a very sick daughter, a uh, young daughter. Um, and he's just fight, basically just grew up in abject poverty and just fighting uh, for her. So I, I love him as well. Uh, it's just sad that um, the the Sugar Sean hype train um, had to derail at Slough Station. Um, so yeah. being, he's king. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, I just want to say a big shout out to um, um, fuck it, I've got to give her um, Grace the Ace Midgley, um, winner of the uh, first yeah. Good as Hell um, competition. Um, she correctly, sorry, a legend, Grace Midgley, a legend, um, Grace the Ace Midgley, and she um, correctly um, answered our um, writing quiz last week and was the only fucking person that did. Good on her. She won 10 squid um, to tell us that Marco from Big Brother, uh, when he met his mum, ran down a wet runway, um, tried to stop, arse fell out, double um, footed, studs up, tackled her into the audience and uh, and hurt his mum's leg. <laughs> oh, fuck. Honestly, if you, if you want to, if you want to laugh, guys, just Google Marco meets his mum, big brother. And watch the video. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things to watch. Ross Kemp trying to floss. Um, oh, Roscoe, you said that I, right. Uh, this is this is a call out podcast now. Rick suggested that I'm shit at dancing. Anyone who's seen me dance knows that I'm a one of the greatest dancers um, that's ever lived. B will go all night. Um, in that respect, it's um, actually refutes the idea um, that men that are good at dancing are also good in bed because I'm a brilliant dancer and I'm shit shack. So. <laughs> You're a fucking terrible dancer, mate. I'm a brilliant dancer. I got moves. I got moves. I got moves. Stop it. You're not a brilliant dancer. Um, the shoulders. People have asked me to show them how to dance. No, they've asked you to show them how to do that dance. They're no, like, they have different things. They have it. I was at, I was 
No one was asking for dance lessons. People have asked me for dance lessons. No I, so I've got I've got a reputation in uh, my company because every couple of years we have a big uh, worldwide meeting. Christ, in like somewhere in the US, and basically it's like during the day you attend various important company meetings, and then in the evenings you get absolutely fucking battered and get on the dance floor and throw shapes. And um, I've got a reputation in offices globally for being an incredible dancer. I went to a wedding last year. People who haven't seen me dance, saw me dance, couldn't understand what they were seeing. Couldn't understand both the uh, the move the move base, the standardized move base that I've got, combined with the special moves. I'm basically Sagat from Street Fighter 2, but dancing. I'm incredible. I'm overpowered in my dancing. That's, Six yeah. foot eight, giant beard, throwing shapes, getting clapped. Yeah. Fuck you're it. just jealous, mate, because you haven't got it. You've, you're probably still out there rolling the dice. I've fucking seen it. I've seen you dancing. I'm an incredible dancer. You're a terrible dancer. Oh, this is just jealousy. Anyway, if you that I'm a bad dancer, please write into at good as, good as hell podcast at gmail.com if you think I'm a good dancer. Yeah, you don't need to write in because we know what the truth is. But I want to see who's out there spreading malicious lies and rumors so I can pass the emails on to um, our lawyers. Um, Terrible. Uh, uh, Bumley, Felch, and Knuckles, um, who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so send us in emails. Check out um, if you want to know how good John is at dancing, if you go on Facebook and you do a bit of a search for. Um, uh, for Ross Kemp uh, tries to floss, then you'll see how good at dancing John is. I mean, I think I do think that people that think they're good at dancing generally aren't. Exactly. But exactly. I am. I am good at dancing. And you trying to call out the theory that men who are bad dancers are uh, uh, men who are good dancers are good. I'm not like claiming like I'm fucking Darcy Buster. You calling? What I am saying is take me to a wedding, put me on a dance floor, and I will bust a move that will. Both, both sexually. So will my uncle. Go on. So will my uncle. I mean, this is you know everybody's got that uncle that likes to dance at, at parties. Doesn't mean they're good. Showing willing. No, I'm not like a. No, no, no. There's no such thing as a good dance. There's no. Right, 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 right. right. I need to. I need to uh, move the goal. Okay, I need to move the goal. There's no such thing as a good dancer at a wedding. Right. There's nobody there who's doing. If you go to a wedding and you do fucking Justin Timberlake's dance from the VMAs in 2001, even if you're a technically proficient dancer, that's not a good dancer. That's not a good dancer at a wedding yet. You can command it. You can get the people in. They're all going crazy, having a great time. You're throwing shapes, you're doing your movements. They're all, everyone, everyone has got a big smile on their face, including you. You're a good dancer. You just sounded like David Brent. Uh, but also, but also, don't let you know. Don't fucking don't back out on it now. This is like the, this is like a Tory. I've got rhythm. It's like a Tory U-turn. This is what I'm hearing live on air. Right? I've got rhythm. I've got moves. I'm I'm a good dancer. I won't fucking have it. I will. I will die on this hill. Good. This will be my hamburger hill. Good. Yeah. All right then. Well. Um. Yep. Yeah. Sending questions. Love you.
You can bruise us, but you'll have to. Uh... 